and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. This week's episode is a very special one. That's right, folks. This is episode 100, going all Benjamin Franklin on you. Really excited this week to cross off one of our bucket list artists that we want to have going back to December, I think, of 2017, Colin Healy of Prairie Artisan Ales out of Oklahoma. He's one of the co-founders with his brother. I'm just really excited to have him be a part of this episode. Really excited to share this with you. It is a true milestone. We're really just trying to, you know, change things up a little bit. We're not talking beer and hops so much. We're talking about art, design, creativity, taking chances, being an entrepreneur, small business, people at different stages of their career, and people from all around the world. It's truly been a blessing. You know, I think that if we uh, turn the mic off, put the headphones down, and you know, called it a day at 100, I think we'd be blessed. We'd be happy. We look back at what we did together. We've had so many great memories already throughout the last two years, and this is just, uh, I don't know, it's just a new chapter. We are in the midst of season number nine, right? It's crazy. We're locking down season 10 and 11 as we speak. We're trying to put together some events. So things are always moving and shaking. We're really blessed. We're really having a great time. Again, Colin Healy, episode 100. And this week is really special, too. Two things. Uh, this episode is airing on March 1st, so I'd like to take a quick moment to wish a happy birthday to my one of my two younger sisters. She's my older, younger sister, Shannon. So happy birthday to you. I love you. Today's exciting if you look at it that way. I know one of the greatest gifts in life, you know, is being a parent. Uh, but when I was a big brother, you know, this was kind of the day that made it all happen. So I was the only child for a while. Lone dog on the mountain, and my beautiful sister came on board, and uh, you know things changed for the better. And so today is uh, happy birthday to Shannon, also Big Brother Day, and uh, you know put things in motion for us. So episode 100, CN. That's that's that. 16ozcanvas.com is the website. 16ozcanvas is the hashtag. Tic Tac Toe. Pound sign, whatever it is you do, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you will find us. But also, this week is another special. We thought, hey, we're doing episode 100. How can we take it to another level? And we're really excited to have Dom join us, Dom Ducci Cook, the man behind Beer Culture. He's the leader of the crew. They have a great squad over there. He's doing some really great work. Dom has a book coming out next week. This ain't the beer that you're used to, Beginner's Guide to Craft Beer. I actually believe it's good beer because uh, Don does not like to use the uh, the craft beer term, the C word. And so Don's a friend. You know, he and I have uh, connected. We've been you know, talking for a while now, you know, hitting each other up, just seeing how each other's doing, how life is going. And so we originally you know, estimated we'd just do a quick check-in, 15, 20 minutes with Dom, see how things were going. And we just kind of got rolling. So what we're going to do is this is going to be a two-two parter. And what I mean by that, we're gonna, right in the beginning we're gonna have part one with Colin. We'll give you part one with Dom, part two with Colin, and then part two with Dom. And then what we'll do is because uh, shit gets a little heavy with Dom. You know, we're talking about some real shit, and it's uh, it's just really nice to uh, you know take the the creative efforts here, what we're doing, and take it to a 
you know, a new direction, a new focus, and be able to use, you know, this platform to, you know, talk about some stuff. So uh, in coming days, we'll put put the interview with Dom, you know, just unedited as one, you know, long interview together that you can listen to, and that'll be our first kind of uh, standalone new effort you know, with the podcast, and, you know, maybe we'll do some of that with other other folks in the future, but it's, uh, it's always good. Uh, you always remember your first, right? So we're going to get right into it. Hopefully you're enjoying yourself. This is, once again, my name is AJ Kierens. I am your host. I am blessed to be your host. Episode 100. It is crazy. I, I could not have imagined it. And uh, But with that said, we're not stopping. We're going to keep doing it. We've got a lot of great artists to introduce you to. So without further ado, I'd like to get into it. This is Mr. Colin Healy. As you'll see, one of the interesting parts of this episode is my stupidity. Uh, for... A long time, I thought that Colin was also someone else, and so I mentioned that a few times before he uh, very politely corrects me, and uh, so I thought, you know, with the power of editing, the skills there, maybe edit some of that out, but I, if you if you listen to the podcast, I try to keep it real, you know, I'm human, make mistakes, you know, there's no uh, there's no pretense here, so I think it just adds to it. It just shows what a uh, you know a humble, play person he is for for letting me mention it a few times before he finally uh, corrects me. And so I don't know if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? I'm a big fan of self-deprecation, and I think it just adds to what we're trying to do here because this is a pretty you know raw adventure. You know. We edit, you know, we do some production, you know, we try to clean things up as much as we can, but we are the rural we, we are a party of one, we are me, myself, and I, and, you know, we, we let the flaws be out there, because this is what would happen as we envision this, the only way this podcast could be better is if we did maybe video and did this in person, you know, over a few beers and just were talking, so it is, it's unfiltered, I guess, I don't know, to use a, a beer term, but... Before I continue to ramble on, let's get into it. Part one, Colin Healy, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. Say it with me now. The Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Often imitated, but we are the original. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas. The Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Very excited to have those today. Colin Healy, co-founder and art director for Prairie Artisan Ales. One of my favorite breweries in the world, to be completely honest. So it's a real pleasure and honor to, to have you be a part of the, the podcast. Uh, for folks at home, I've, I've probably, we'll say shake down, but I've probably harassed Colin for easily over a year. So I appreciate you finally um, just giving in and um, let, letting me uh, get, get, get you on here. No problem. Glad to be here. Excellent. Um, yeah, Colin's checking in from Tulsa, but you know Prairie's uh, all over you know, Oklahoma. They, like I said, they're one of the top breweries in, in the world for me. Just the work they're doing. Uh, your labels have always, when I started this project, you know, they were one of the the inspirations for what we're doing. So just uh, to be able to get a few minutes of your time, uh, you know, thank you once again. Well, thank you. Yeah. So. Really, in the beginning, you know, I kind of just want to learn a little, learn a little bit more about you. Obviously, the brewery is you know part of who you are and your you know your family and your existence. But kind of you know you have a lot of creative outlets. Um, you've done some videography and some other you know other projects in the past. Kind of you know what's uh, what's your story, Colin? How did you get into you know the creative side of things and you know drawing and design? Uh, 
Well, um, I'd say a lot of my creativity comes from my sister, actually, my older sister. She, uh, when when she was in high school and when I was little, she was really into collage and stuff like that. And she took the time to teach me how to how to do some of those things at an early age, which I thought was pretty cool at the time. And and then I kind of got into graffiti and doing some stencil graffiti and taught myself how to oil paint a little. Um, so I was always dabbling around in graphic arts, but my other main drive was classical music. Uh, I played double bass in a local symphony here. And once I graduated high school, I really just I wanted to pursue classical music more than visual art, uh, which I did that for some time. But I guess, you know, as far as classical music goes, you kind of either become a teacher, you know, teaching music or get a different job. <laughs> uh, so I got kind of lucky when my brother decided he wanted to start a brewery and uh, we kind of combined our talents. He's a wonderful, very, very good brewer. Um, so we just kind of combined our talents and just started uh, selling beer under the name Prairie and it kind of caught on, kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. So do you still, I mean, I guess once you always play music, you can never really let it go. Do you still, you still play? I mean, what's the, are you still, yeah. You know, are you active in the, in the orchestra locally or is that just kind of a more just whenever you can get it, you know, get, get at it? Yeah. Uh, I play regularly. We have a show about once a month. Um, so there's always something going on with music, which is nice. It's a, it's really great thing and we do a lot of community involvement and stuff with kids and and that sort of thing so that's cool too yeah that's awesome yeah music is probably and other than my kids and my you know my family is probably the i would say number two important thing in our life but it just it's just kind of you know what music always you can relate it to a moment or a period of time or just a, an experience and so i, I think it's I think it's wonderful, especially the fact that you're with the the community outreach to to work with the kids and inspire them is uh is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Pulse is an interesting city. It's got a unfortunate history of segregation and a lot of division between different classes and stuff like that, and a lot of that still exists today. And so, it's good to uh, use music as a way to kind of reach some of these kids and inspire them to, uh, you know, really find something that they're passionate about and hopefully can carry throughout their lives. Yeah, I, I agree. That's how I, I'm in Connecticut and we have a definite, um, unintentional divide. You know, we have the richest of the rich and the, the poorest of the poor yeah. and their towns are like right next to each other. And so you see that yeah. a lot. And so, yeah, my wife is a, my wife is the moral fiber of the family. She's a school teacher and, you know, oversees uh, some mentoring programs. So I just know that when other opportunities like what you're doing come to spend time with the kids, that it shows them that there's other outlets for them and there's other ways to, quote, unquote, be successful or, you know, make a make a, a life of it. So it's, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's huge. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that you mentioned before, I'm a big brother. So just, you always think about all the impact you can have on your siblings. And so I think that's wonderful. Your sister, you know, especially given the difference in age, took the time to kind of explain, 
you know, the art and the process to you, uh, you know, when, when you were probably could have been, you know, considered the annoying little brother. So that's really, I think that's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of nice to see that. Yeah. She's always been, uh, just really wonderful to me. And she's, uh, she's got a great budding career of her own right now with cake decorating. So that's really cool to see as well. Seeing her flourish and picking that up. She's, uh, she lives in Round Rock, Texas and, uh, she's, making all sorts of crazy looking cakes and stuff like that. Well, let's plug it up. Just what's her business. Let's give him a plug. I mean, obviously the huge following here from the, uh, yeah, yeah. The She's, cr- um, she, her brand name is let them eat cake and macaroons, I believe. Oh, Maybe nice. it's just let them eat cake. I can't remember. Well, edit that her name is Liz Healy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's a family. Yeah. It's a, I think, yeah, it's inspiring. You know, I think you guys are all entrepreneurs and that's, a, that's a kind of, so that seems kind of like a family, family motto, family vibe, which is really exciting. <laughs> not taking the, yeah. not taking the easy way, right? Classical music, uh, beer, and art, right? It's kind of yeah, and food, yeah. So it's kind of it's nice to see that. Yeah. Now, were you were you always you so you were always kind of like drawing? How did you think of like the idea of coming out with labels? Did like did you think that was? Did you think it was more just? Did you realize like how many labels you'd be making? Like, did you have any idea? I think your labels are pretty unique in the space, especially, I mean, even the classics, you, you know, you're recreating some of those year over year for new spins on some of the, the fan favorites. Yeah. I mean, when we first started, you know, I was like, well, this is never really going to turn into anything. I'll just, you know, make some logos or whatever. And then, you know, here we are like six years later and some of those labels are still in use. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I had no idea the scope of things and, and how it would evolve over time. Um, and sort of as, you know, American craft beer industry right now, the way things are, it's always, you know, churning out that new product. Um, so, you know, we've got new releases every month and it takes a lot of coordination and, you know, lots of, uh, lots of wheels turning. So for me, there's always something going on. And yeah, a lot of our beers, we kind of, change up every year so like right now i'm working on um our beer birthday bomb and uh, that that recipe is usually tweaked every year and i usually include a new label for that so it's fun it's kind of the evolution of like a similar theme which i like to see yeah i like in i've noticed in recent ones that you have kind of the uh, which brings back to childhood. Like, what's different on each pick, like each side of the label, right? You have that. Can you find the spot the differences? Which was always a, you know, a classic, you know, game you'd see in like Mad Magazine or Discovery or you know even think Nat Geo. Would yeah, do. it's always. Yeah. yeah, I've been doing that for the for the Christmas palm labels, and that's been really fun too. I think I attribute that to uh, my mom, who's who's also a school teacher, and uh, I always loved coloring those little worksheets and stuff at school. Like those were always the best days whenever you could watch a movie and do like a worksheet, you know? Yeah. So I try to, whenever I can, I try to make the labels interactive and, you know, something more than just something you, you look at. Maybe you, you, you know, you can engage with the label in some way. I think that's, yeah. I think that they're always kind of like hidden Easter eggs or, you know, kind of, find myself spinning the label around or turning it sideways and what's going on here. And yeah, I was just looking in the cellar and I have a bunch of them down there. Um, and so it was, it was, it was just fun to see even, 
yeah, the bomb, which I think that's one kind of that's one that stays the same. It's pretty iconic. You know, it's a lot of geometry and you know shapes and patterns. But you know, all of the different beers with the variations of bombs that how you kind of play off of that. So it's it's been uh, it's been fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. One of the more recent projects we did, I, which I had probably too much fun on, was the deconstructed bomb. Oh. So I don't know. I don't know if you saw those, but. Basically, Bomb has four main ingredients, um, coffee, vanilla beans, chili peppers, and cacao nibs. So we made a four-pack of those four beers. And then to like kind of like the general theme of all the beers was that they were sort of like a circuit board kind of a thing. Uh, But then I, on the side, I created a um, like a, a coded message that you'd have to figure out how to decode. And each of the four bottles had like a paragraph uh, of what was ultimately a recipe for like a seven layer bean dip. (laughs) So it's pretty funny. Yeah. Just to think about people trying to figure out what it is, spending all this time on it and then realize that it's just a recipe for bean dip. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, no, I that that beer, um, the four packs I were was unable to procure those, but I was at a event in New York City. I think uh, maybe in New York City Beer Week, and the uh, bar was called As Is, or still called As Is, and they had the the deconstructed on tap, and so that was. I remember going to the city just for that, and it was uh, it was really, yeah, it was just really it was so to me that's one of the more unique things I've I've seen in beer just period the idea of it and making your own version of it basically you know like live in person which was yeah it was really great so I would definitely yeah, uh, yeah I thought it was cool mm-hmm. thank you yeah now now looking at your labels what is your process or your medium how are you you know how are you bringing these to life are you are you sketching and then digitizing are you uh have you converted to the tablet completely yet? What's your what's the the process? Well, uh, starting off, I primarily used pen and paper, and I would just do like out ink outline, and then scan it and color it digitally. But uh, since then, I've gotten a, a nice Wacom Cintiq tablet, and I just entirely use that now. So you usually just start off um, maybe composing some like simple shapes and stuff in Adobe Illustrator and kind of getting like a general outline of things. And then I'll usually take that into Photoshop and uh, draw on top of that kind of like a template and some sketching and yeah, just doing all the pretty much all the art stuff in Photoshop and then bringing it back into Illustrator to add text and stuff like that. Okay. Was that a, was it was it hard for you to make that transition in terms of? I mean, some people like to have the physical, you know, the physical, I guess, an example of their of their time or uh-huh. just a product to to feel. Was it is it weird when you went completely digital, or you're not as tied to the analog stuff? I think they just both have their positives and negatives. I really like the texture of the paper and how that kind of translates into the the end product and kind of the graininess that you can get from that, but really just doing digital and being able to <laughs> undo lines, you know, makes yeah. life so much easier. Control Z, yeah. Especially with finer detail. Yeah. I, I, 
I agree. Yeah, we've that's been the kind of uh, ongoing theme that folks love the the feel or be able to go you know go in their drawer and say, okay, I spent you know twenty hours on this, and here's an example of it. But the fact that they don't have they can you know be on the road or on the train and still be working and not have to carry along you know dozens of brushes or what have you or pen you know pens and pencils. So it's uh, yeah, I think folks don't want to love it as much as they do, but it's been kind of been it's been resonating more and more that people are you know moving that way completely yeah i sometimes i feel a little tied down because of my tablet i've I've got like this uh, it's probably like a 27 inch tablet so it's like massive and then the base that it sits on i think weighs probably like uh 60 to 80 pounds oh wow so, i mean it's a behemoth you know and uh i've tried working on like smaller tablets but they just don't have like the same button layout and then i've tried using like like i've got an ipad pro that you know it's beautiful the screen's beautiful but it's like you know drawing on that glass is a really weird texture and uh there's just always little things that aren't quite perfect yeah that sounds yeah that does sound but that's probably the most badass uh setup we've heard of so far you know we've heard folks who are early adapters and have the the one with this, like the screen, then it mirrors the other screen. But I haven't heard of, uh, yeah, that's pretty, yeah, you're pretty much tied down to wherever that thing is then. That's not really, you're not taking that thing on the train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The other day I was looking at um, these desks that like, you can like lay down on them. It's kind of like a dentist chair. Okay. Uh, and so, and then you attach the monitor like, like up above like kind of over your head, which is pretty terrifying, but I don't know, sitting at a desk for so long, you know, you get back problems and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. I thought, that's, I thought it would be something cool. It sounds like a game. Yeah. I went, I went to uh CES this year and to see all like the, the gaming chairs, like they're like, you're almost like floating. Like it's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I don't know. Something above my head. I mean, going to any, anything that equates going to the dentist would, uh, would give me uh give me the shakes i don't know <laughs> yeah and then having like a four thousand dollar computer floating over right your head. right yeah i can always get new teeth but like you know it's like uh the four thousand dollars floating on my head it's not it's definitely uh it's, i don't know uh, well, it gives me yeah it makes me uh uncomfortable talking about it as i try to transition out of that um <laughs> so uh from a kind of timing or project management standpoint, how much time do you have between, you know, when a beer is coming out and you need to, you know, kind of finalize the label? I'd say it's always just like as soon as possible. So like, like hopefully I get about a month's notice, um, maybe a bit more, but it's usually like, Hey, we need this like immediately. (laughs) So, it's it's always changing, but yeah, I'd say usually we have a beer and we generally, they come up with a name. Sometimes I contribute names uh, and then it's just, you know, get a label as soon as we can. Okay. Now, is there, because you, know, you have different style formats, you've, you know, there's now some cans, you have the uh, kind of the OG 12 ounce bottles and then there's some of the, you know, bigger formats is, how how do you kind of uh, work with that and just kind of deciding how to do your do your label? Is you know is there is there a style that, or style sheet type of a 
work you go for, or is just each each kind of beer its own kind of creative process? Uh, I try to treat each label as its own thing and not limit myself into you know a specific format. But I'd say with the twelve ounce labels, I generally try to like orient all the text to the left in a box just to kind of like organize it and then to give me more space for art. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting evolution for us in our packaging because a lot of the beers at the very beginning, we were doing 750 milliliter bottles and, um, and then eventually 500 milliliter bottles, which we still do occasionally and then 12 ounce bottles and then now cans. So that composition has gotten from kind of a more square shape to a pretty small rectangle. So sometimes that makes, uh, that makes, makes it kind of difficult composing in that sort of space. Cause you know, when you look at a 12 ounce bottle, you're only seeing about three inches of space, you know, straight on, but then you've got, you know, the side, the backside of it, it still has to kind of carry the theme across the label. So yeah, I just try to treat each one as its own thing. And, and now we're, we're trying to do some of our year round beers and printed cans. And that's been an interesting challenge because it's kind of like going back to that taller, that wider format. And, uh, also printed cans has its own challenges with, uh, limiting, limiting the colors to only six colors. Yeah. And so have you, has, has any of that been that with your transition to the, the Wacom, like that, the, that you don't have those, like they're dis- different formats. So is it harder to re, uh, reposition them for the new, I guess, layouts or shapes that you're using or is everything kind of in a format that makes it a little e- like easier for you to transition it to a, a can, so to speak? Yeah, it's, it's easy in some ways, difficult in other ways. Um, like right now I've been working on taking our beer phantasmagoria and putting it onto a printed can. And I found with that, I just, I pretty much have to redraw everything, uh, just to account for the different space, uh, which is kind of fun. You know, you get a chance to kind of update and refine some things that maybe you wish you would have done differently the first time. And, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I can see that because yeah, a lot of folks, it's like uh, you mentioned like an early piece, and it's like ah, oh, you can just hear like, well, if I I would have done this different. So that's kind of, I mean, it's got to be a little stressful, but it's also nice to be able to kind of fix some of the things that probably bother only you, and you know when it goes out there. So it's 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 a it's a nice problem to have, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The next one I do will be interesting. Um, the beer standard. Right. which I think was probably like the second label I ever made. Oh. And now that it's going into printed cans, it's going to require quite a bit of reconfiguration to fit in that format. Standard 2.0. So that'll be a, yeah. yeah, that'll be a challenge, keeping its original integrity and updating it somewhat. Yeah, I one of the I, I noticed with the the cans with the and we're getting them in distribution here. I think was the the Bible Belt, which I think is one of your. Uh, it just shows kind of some of the humor that you bring to your labels. Yeah, it's really. I think it's one of the 
one of the uh, more iconic labels. It's just it's pretty hilarious with the you know, <laughs> yeah. It's so. And we are back. Part one, Colin Healy, Prairie, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. This shitty music in the background, I just thought it was funny. During the interview, we could talk about it. You'll hear it later on. So it's kind of a, I guess it's a teaser, but it's Colin Healy and the Jet Skis. They're not very good, but if I had a band named after me, I would think it was pretty funny if someone used it during my interview. Hopefully you feel the same way, Colin. Nothing but love. I, I really appreciate talking to Colin. Like I said, I, th- you know, hopefully you're enjoying it. I really, you know, first of all, I, I love, you know, as we started the episode, you know, wishing my sister a happy birthday. The fact that his, you know, big sister, you know, kind of got him into art and where he is and, you know, working with his brother, you know, family is, is so important. And so it's just really nice to be able to uh, kind of, you know, hear that story, you know, learn about his his, uh, you know, his growth, his career, you know, his love of, you know, music that he's still playing, doing community outreach. And so soft-spoken, humble guy, making some of my favorite labels in the industry. And not to mention those beers are just, you know, killer. We are beer agnostic. So when we get episodes like this where it's, you know, two of my favorite parts of the of the beer industry, you know, it's really, uh, it's kind of a perfect pairing, you know, no pun intended. And then coming up right now, got my boy Dooch over at Beer Culture with a K, beerculture.com. Talking about his new book coming out next week, This Ain't the Beer That You're Used To, A Beginner's Guide to Good Beer. If you're heading down to Florida for Tampa Beer Week, you also celebrate the launch of that. They're having an event with New Belgium. Like I said, go to the website, beerculture.com. Check it out. It should be a lot of fun. I'm hoping you can hoping you get on there and support we're a little disappointed we're not going to be able to make it, but we know that uh, it's going to be a success. It'll be the first of many, and we'll, uh, we'll join you in the future. But March 6th, the book comes out, then the big event, you know, it's going to be a good time, so check it out. But without further ado, this is part one of our interview with, uh, with Dooch. It's a good one. Listen, folks, one of the things we talk about is thinking outside your comfort zone. There's, you know, this is part one, so it's you gotta give it both parts. You're gonna learn a lot. You're hopefully it'll change your perspective a little bit, and you know, welcome that discourse. That's what it's all about. Uh, dude, is a good friend of mine. We know each other from Adam, but now you know we talk on the regular, challenge each other, try to look at life, take things in perspective, appreciate all the things, and that's one of the things we do here with art and design, right? We look at things that make the world a better place. There's a lot of people out there working hard to make it a better place for everyone. Dooch is one of those people. I'm proud to call him a friend, and I'm proud to have him be a part of this milestone in our, you know, our podcast, episode 100. So without further ado, here's part one. Dooch, beer culture, book coming out next week. Let's get at it. All right, everybody. Very excited to have with us the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend, Dom Ducci Cook, checking in from beer culture. Uh yeah, really appreciate you, uh, you know, being a part of the the episode, Dom. Uh, just you know, we become good friends through you know beer. The beer game is a weird place, but uh, you meet some amazing people. You know, you meet a lot of bullshit, but you meet a lot of good people. And uh, I'm just uh, in front of everybody. Just want to you know thank you for you know being a good friend and just uh, your perspective on life. It's uh, it's been it's been much appreciated, my friend. 
Oh, thank you for having me, bro. And uh, definitely thank you for the friendship. It, it, it is a joy and a pleasure when you get to really build with people. Yeah. And not just, you know, keep it beer. So, yeah, we barely talk. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we barely talk beer. I mean, I think it was probably, yeah, about 15 months ago, maybe 18. I started following Dom, you know, when he was on Twitter because I saw he's a Cicerone. I I didn't know anything about that. And I was like, cool. And then, yeah, you were, you were talking like just some real shit. Like you just, it wasn't this, you know, I don't know. We we can go, we're not trying to shoot on people, but like, a lot of times people talk so that they can be heard and look at me type stuff. And it was just like honest discussions. And I remember we just started chatting and I was like, yo, what's, you know, why is the beer culture with a K? Like, what's that all about? And you, I remember you said like, no one's ever asked me that. And then we just started. Yeah, you know, you're that, the first person. Yeah, we were just started talking. I was like, well, it's obviously like, it's a word that's, you know, in the dictionary with the C, like the man had a plan with the K, like, let's figure what that's all about. And from there, it was just, yeah. You know, checking in on life and you know appreciating things, and you know it's uh, it's bigger than beer. You're uh, recommending books. You know, we talked about the art of God and Guinness, one of my favorite books. You know, I, you know I, if you haven't read that book, you know you talked about that. Um, you know, give a shout out to the crew over at Full Point. You know that podcast. You talked about that book. I snatched I snatched it up, and I you know and it's been uh, been hitting the floor ever since. That's a good book, man. Yeah, it's really, a good book because really it's like ah oh, because. I don't know. I mean, in, in recent years, you know, religion's been kind of like I've been struggling with that. Like all this, like having a, like how how can we believe that everyone's like you know we're under God's like you know I go on that, but like everyone's not treated fairly. Everyone's everything's not equal, and so the idea that like that's by some you know superpowers choice just kind of threw me for you know it's been it's been kind of messing with me. And so I read that book and. It kind of allowed me to take like the God part out of it, but it's about being like a good person and taking care of your community. And that was all done through beer. You know, I'm Irish. And so, you know, I've been to Ireland. It just, you know, it just, it really resonated with me. And so it's kind of, you know, the, uh, and then we got your book coming out. I'm pretty excited to get that. So I'm looking, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good year, my friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, but, uh, search for God again, man, I did you know, definitely taking God out. It's just about humanity, and that's what we don't right. uh, see a lot of in the world, in the beer industry. Like, you know, but it's all about humanity, man. Yeah. Being yeah. there for uh, other people, whether they're different uh, from you or not. You know, that, that, that doesn't matter. Whether they, you know, see things the way you see it or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, the beauty of humanity mm-hmm. is being able to empathize and sympathize and so some people choose not to do that you know what i'm saying and and uh it's sad for them because you know a lot of times people don't really uh take stuff serious until it knocks on their front door you know so it is what it is man but we got to do humanity so this is dope that we we talking on this because you know i mean this is what we talk about behind closed doors and, and, and getting away from well, yeah, know, it gets like yeah shit. it just gets like yeah I mean and, and for folks at home like we never met like I probably talked to you you know on the you know almost every day like, you know at least three four times a week where you know how's you how you doing what's going on and it's it's just it's genuine there's, uh, there's no end game it's just a it's a genuine friendship we look forward to you know kicking it in person but like it's literally if we were just hanging out having a few beers and just you know and, and taken in life and so it's nice you know i it's just uh this is a special moment you know we've got 100 episodes 
you know, we're excited for your book coming out. Uh, you know, this ain't uh, the beer you're Congrats used to. Yeah, yeah, a beginner's guide to beer. Uh, it's a good beer, and it's uh, it's exciting. It comes out in a couple weeks, and you know, it's uh, next week. Next week, woo, yeah. So I'm excited. Is it, so is that is it dropped the same day as your uh, Tampa beer event with uh, New Belgium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. That's synced it all up. To be on March 6th. Yeah, you know, we got to just uh, get it all out there. So, yeah, both will be on uh, March 6th, which is next Wednesday. So uh, definitely got the book dropping. I'm excited about it. Uh, it's, a, it's just a, it's the, it's the beginner's beer guide that I never had and that, you know, other people have told me who have, you know, read it beforehand that uh, come from, you know, where I come from that, you know, they wish they had it when they got into beer, you know. Uh, and so, you know, it's, 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 just, it's a relatable book. This this speaking uh, how I speak, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, we got a, we I wrote it for, you know, all the people that don't know about beer that, you know, all the people that are just starting off, you know what I'm saying, that need something relatable, somebody that can, you know, talk to them in their language and, uh, you know, just make make shit understandable, break it down and in, in, uh, in ways that's, you know, easy for them. Because when we come in with all of these big words and everything like that, like, they People don't know what that is, like you know what I'm saying. And so, uh, it's definitely a, a, a down to earth and cool book that, you know what I'm saying. A lot of people, I, I hope a lot of people will dig it and be able to learn from it. Um, it's uh, it's bigger than beer, though. You know what I'm saying. So it's a bigger, it's a bigger message, uh, you know, throughout it. It's a, it's a bigger message interlocked within the message of beer so you know hopefully people will enjoy it and be able to uh you know glean some stuff from it and and learn about beer at the same time yeah because we both love beer and I, i'm not I, you know i'm still learning all the time but i think that's one of the hard parts about beer is 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 not like there's this group or there's this kind of like subculture or you know segment of the of the audience that it's intimidating and you can't ask like, Oh, you can't ask questions. You can't like, you know, Oh, you don't know that. Or, Oh, your beer is not, you know, I didn't sit out in the line for, for eight hours to drink that beer. So it can't be good. Cause it's a flagship and it's a bunch of, it's a lot of, it's a lot of bullshit. And you know, you kind of go down those rabbit holes, but one of the things, yeah. One of the things I, I've kind of learned is, you know, and that's another thing, like I don't have all the answers and Dooch and I come from different, you know, different backgrounds, but we're learning from each other and I'm learning. It makes me think when I go in these tap rooms and I go to these breweries or, you know, I see things, it's, you know, that's about, it's about changing perspective and sometimes being out of your comfort zone. And I think that when you think about it to realize that there's, you know, parts of the parts of your city or parts of your town, they're, they're just sending in shitty beer and they don't like, and they don't care about their audience, but yet this is a huge part of the population it just doesn't make it just doesn't make sense like this doesn't you know so if you if you follow along you know beer culture with a k you know instagram and the website and you know twitter you'll see like dom going in the communities and going to events that aren't typically you know uh you know typical beer things oh there's not it's not a you know a bearded beer fest and showing people what a lambic is and you know popping some bottles of you know some some belgians and some different styles 
and people get blown away. And it's just like, man, there, there's a huge audience of people that are just not being included for no reason. You know, I don't want to say it's because of the color of their skin, but that's what it feels like a lot of times. And it's, it's fucked. And so I think if you're open to listening and being able to maybe look at yourself differently, you know, then, you know, you should be following along with what, you know, what, what they're doing. And if not, just, you know, I don't know, just get the fuck out of the way, I guess. If, if not, keep it pushing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that—that—that's that, all it is. You ain't gotta—you ain't gotta voice it this day. You ain't gotta like because everybody got time for all that. If you, if you don't dig it, if you not with it, keep it pushing. You know, it's it's easy, easy peasy. Like you know, but we 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 just do what we do, man. I mean, this ain't nothing new, man. To where, um, you know, only stuff like malt liquor and all that shit has been. Uh, pushed into certain communities once it it failed uh and and you know uh white communities because they tried they started off trying to push malt liquor in white communities and it didn't work it didn't catch on you know uh, and so then you know it it, it switched it it, it kind of took a, a left turn into you know uh urban communities to where you know what i'm saying it, it's been so you know, we're just trying to show people something new, you know what I'm saying? Allow people to, uh, you know, uh, engage in something that's basically foreign to them, whether it's domestic craft beers or, or imported, you know what I'm saying, Belgian or German beers or, you know, um, other kind of European beers. It's, it's still all foreign to them because it's shit that they never heard of or never tasted or, or never seen before. So, you know, we're just trying to put people on to something different. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, every year, you know, we have people over. Every time I have people over and they're like, oh, you know, oh, you're a big beer. Like, you might like this. And I'm like, well, what do you what do you like? What do you what do you like to eat? You know, what kind of food do you like? What do you like to drink? Maybe what kind of wine do you like? I'm like, give me like three or four tries. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive I can give you something that you're going to go, wow, that's beer? I didn't know I liked that. And what style is that? And it's a lot of the times it's made pretty close to where you live and like that's what the thing is people like there's a pretense of what what beer is and so that scares people like if it, oh if it's and, I, and so they don't even know but like you like okay so you like wine so you probably like something maybe you probably like a little maybe like a wild ale or a lambic you know oh you drink uh you know you like middle light so that's like a pilsner like okay i can get you a, you know different beer or you like this type of beer I mean, try this and you can i mean it's it's uh yeah, I think it's intimidating, and people, and and some, uh, you know, and definitely there's uh, a loud few who kind of I think scare off a, a larger amount of people. Yeah, and that does happen, man. Um, you know, but my thing is, like I talk about in the book, man. Fuck all that. Ask questions. Don't nobody in this. Don't nobody in this game know it, uh, everything. You know, everyone's still learning. Like, I mean, unless you're just a uh, asshole if you're not an asshole yeah. then you know you 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 know that you don't know it all and and you still learning i mean even the greats are still learning you know what i'm saying even the greats are and so you know those people they do do a disservice to the community uh you know at large but you know nah it's it, they need to get to the side too yeah they need to get to the side too and that's a fact Cause you, yeah, cause you see all these breweries. Like when you look at the collaborations, it's they're just trying to 
they're just trying to work with you. They're just trying to find an excuse to work with their friends and learn from each other. Like it's not, they're not trying to make a mega beer. They're just like, okay, you, you come visit me and see how I run my show. And then I'm going to make an excuse, probably right off business expense to come to your, your shop. That's really what it comes down to. People think it's about making. Uh, that's what I see. I see it as like, hey, you know, you're my like. If I can uh, figure out a way for a business expense to write off for, uh, a culture 16 ounce canvas and get down to Florida, and, you know, kick it and then get you up here, we be we be doing that we tomorrow. That yeah, happen. we gotta make that happen, yeah. right? But I think yeah, that's that's my thing. Like, I mean, the collaborations aren't always that great, but you know, they're they're having fun. Like that's cool. Um, but another thing, beer is like local, right? It's about your community. And a lot of times they're like a mom and pop shop. So you, know, you support your mom and pop shop, you know. That's you get, what they, you yeah. know, that, that, that's, the, that's the message that, you know, has been, has been pushed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, that, that, that's what I, I think in theory, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it should be. I wish it, I wish it played out like that. Oh, it doesn't always play that. out like that. It plays out like, Hey, let's go to a area that's not, you know, uh, economically strong and then the property is down and we'll go in there, but we're not, we're not having the people in the, t in that community working at the brewery. Yeah. It's definitely doesn't always go that way, yeah. but in, in or, the, in or the, not having the people in that community coming in to drink. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it, crazy. It, it, it's all both. And so, you know, I mean, it, it, you know that, but that, that's another reason why, you know, we just push, you know, drink good beer. We don't we don't push the term craft. I don't even like that word when it comes to to beer. We don't push that. We don't push that. You know, drink independent support. Nah, we don't do all of that. Like, drink good beer. You know what I'm saying? And so, if that happens to be a brewery down the street from you that's really about their business, then fine. You know, if it happens to be a beer that's you know shipped across the water uh that's a a, a a guzo or something like that then fine like drink drink good beer man but you know when it comes to breweries it's really about their business and and you know they're about that action um then we do fuck with them wholeheartedly you know what i'm saying but other than that we don't just push that line you know that line gets tricky uh like and it's a it's a lot of things to pick apart with it. Yeah, yeah. We say we're beer agnostic. Like I don't like you know if somebody it makes a dope label and they work for Anheuser Busch, ooh, you know that might like I know people won't love that, but like I would definitely want to talk to that designer. You know, some you know that that to me is where it's at. I mean, if I have a choice, but obviously the, I like to you know I like to go local if I can, you know, or, or something. But if if there was these bigger you know, if, if they, I don't know, I'm not as like, I, I used to be really hardcore anti, but it just doesn't make, it just doesn't make sense. Cause I, I don't know if it was you or, or Tony, we're just kind of saying like how those, those businesses employ way more people of, you know, color and diversity than your standard other hey. breweries do. And that's like, so that's hey. me, that like, that's, that, that wins, that wins for me. I might not drink yeah. the beer just hey. cause, cause it's not, it's, to me, it doesn't, it's not my favorite. But if it's does. not my taste, I'm not gonna drink it. You know what I'm saying? But, but uh, at at the end of the day, yeah, well, that's that's another reason why we don't push that line because, I mean, you know, you got uh, uh, people on the team whose you know uh, grandparents like you know were employed by these big breweries that are so bad. They fed families 
you know, of people on the team and, and not just people on the team, but like you said, many minorities, you know what I'm saying, are, are, are having food put on their table by these places. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so and even if you look at their marketing, their advertisement, they're not one-sided. They're not, you know what I'm saying? So craft beer loves to play the victim and push that narrative of, you know, us versus them, you know what I'm saying? And honestly, the same way they pushing that narrative and how they feel, it's how minorities be feeling in this shit with craft beer, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, 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 it's like for craft beer pushing that narrative is like the pot calling the kettle black. You, you got enough of your own shit to worry about, you know what I'm saying? But, but that, 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 you know what I'm saying? Basically, it uh it it gives them a loyalty with other people who who don't have to stand in those shoes. You know what I'm saying? That's going to uh, ride for craft and push that narrative right along with them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I call bullshit when I see bullshit. Yeah, he does. Yeah, folks, you got to follow because yeah, if, if if a lot of times it's what you're thinking, he's gonna say it. But like to that point, that's what really got me thinking. It's okay. We you know we want to we want you to be down with independent down with craft but that means you got to be against the big guy but yet our practices aren't you know are you know are on blast too and so if you if you're trying to be the pioneer and say hey don't go with them you know we're we're leading the leading the way follow us that would be one thing but when you're not doing it you know let me look at you know look at the uh you know all the the bullshit with founders right i mean people people didn't do anything i mean until you guys you know shook shit up and said something and people still are like oh well it's just one person and why why would he still work there well i mean one of the reasons why he probably would still work there even though it was a shitty place to work is because the reality is the, the opportunities in the industry especially in michigan are few and far between so somebody had to you know swallow you know swallow well, being treated I mean, like shit it, and still work there and 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 is yeah and it was it was awful it could, it could be that it could be that, but uh, first off, shout out to Tony, you know, because she, you know, she delivered, she delivered on that. Shout out to Tony and shout out to the sis April. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it could be that or it could be the fact that, listen, you know, different people's bodies are different. And when I mean body, I mean their makeup, you know what I'm saying? Different people's makeups is is different. And so, you know, whereas one person could be like, all right, I'm dealing with this bullshit here. Fuck this shit. I'm quitting and I'd rather struggle before I deal with this shit. Other people, you know what I'm saying? are like, well, I got to put up with this shit because, you know, I may have kids or I'm, I can't lose my place or, or whatever. And so, you know, a lot of times for all that shit, people be talking like, oh, well, why do you do that? Like, it's, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Have you been in, have you stood in those shoes? If not, yeah. shut up. Like that, that's all it comes down to because different people's bodies are different. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, it's a, it's a lot of stuff that that's just like, you know, um, telling a, a, a woman who's working a job who may have been harassed or whatever the case may be. Well, you know what I'm saying? Well, why like people, everybody ain't built the same way everybody ain't built to say you know what fuck this place if i end up uh fucking homeless within the next two months because i can't find another job then i'll just 
go with that because I'm not dealing. Everybody ain't built like that. And that comes back to what I was saying about sympathy and empathy. You know what I'm saying? People are just so quick to just shoot off at the mouth. You know what I'm saying? When they, they ain't walking those shoes. Like, and so it's just like, yo, you just got to chill. You got to fall back. Like, you know, so. There you have it, folks. Part one. Let's get right back into part two. Colin Healy, Prairie Artisan, Prairie underscore Colin on Instagram, prairieales.com. You can also check out their you know, new establishment in OKC, Tulsa, just rocking all, all over Oklahoma. It's a good one. Now, what are your favorite Prairie labels, your favorite beers from them? I know what mine are. I think the Deconstructed Bomb is one of the most unique things I've seen in beer in a long time. So... Let's get right back into it. That was part one. We'll get back to uh, part two of beer culture. Things, uh, you know, we talk about founders and some other things going on, and I think it, uh, it'll definitely get you thinking. And again, this is open discourse. AJ at 16ozcanvas.com. That's me directly. Get right in touch. Let's talk. We'd love to know your feedback. And uh, like I said, without further ado, here's part two. Colin Healy, 16-ounce canvas. That's us. That's you. We're all in this together. The Bible Belt, which I think is one of your, uh, it just shows kind of some of the humor that you bring to your labels. Yeah, it's really, I think it's one of the, one of the uh, more iconic labels. It's just, it's pretty hilarious with the, you know, <laughs> yeah. And so, how did how did that one come to be? I mean, I, I think it speaks for itself, but it's just it's just a great it's just a great label. Uh, you know, Yepa and my brother they came up with that name. Uh, obviously we're in the Bible belt, so that's something easily to poke fun at. And, uh, you know, it was just, how can I make this a parody of where we live without taking it too far (laughs) without pissing off people too much. So, you know, just those family photos that you see, those cheesy family photos, I thought that would be perfect. So it was just a matter of taking our likeness and kind of putting them in there. Yeah, I, I have uh, my mom every year. We would do similar photos to that, and so they became uh, when I saw when I think that, that I think the first time it really resonated with me. It was like, oh, I'm not the only one, you know. That like <laughs> to make that joke, you have to kind of understand. Yeah, yeah. My friends in uh, college found one, like, and it was really. I think we we're all. In, I'm trying to think which of the most cringeworthy ones it was. I think it was the old denim version we had with my mom for my mother, and they found it. Nice. And, I, and I showed up at a at a party at their house one night, and they had blown it up to be like four feet by whatever, and it was on top oh, of the, on top of like the mantle, like like it was like their fr- like, like, and it was just like real cat. I look up and I was like, "What the fuck is that? Oh my god!" And it was just yeah. So that I think that's why it's one of my favorites. It just kind of makes me cringe in a good way. Yeah, I think I think there's still some glamour shots open to some oh. parts. <laughs> oh. Oh man. <sighs> so with the um the new location that you guys, you know, opened up in OKC, you know, the, with the layout and the, was that a lot of work for you, you know, as the creative, you know, as a lot of your your style and layout, you know, present there as well. It's definitely on my uh, bucket list of places to visit. Is that something that you were played a big part in yeah uh i'd say i had a, a, a pretty decent role in that we fortunately we were uh, we worked with some architects that were pretty uh understanding of our direction 
and the materials that they chose to build out the space um, was on board with what we wanted. So I think, you know, structurally and the materials, a lot of those things were already picked out, but I got a chance to at least pick out the chairs and some things like that. So yeah, that was a fun project. Um, and I, yeah, I got to put my touch on it in some different ways with a mural and, uh, I designed these tables, these community tables that, um, well, going back a little bit further, I originally wanted the bar top to be like a glass bar top that had like a model train running through it, <laughs> uh, which I don't know why that's just, it's just something I thought would look cool. But then once I thought about the logistics of having the glass bar top and, you know, probably all the fingerprints and watermarks and stuff like that, I, I thought that probably wouldn't be the best idea. So I took that idea and applied it to these two community tables that we have there. And I designed them to have like a channel that ran through the middle of them where I try to model like the Oklahoma landscape. And then uh, we put like glass on top of that and it sat flush with the, the rest of the tabletop. So that was a really fun project. I got to kind of work on this little diorama that sits into, into the table and, you know, just something fun to look at. Yeah. I think, like I said, uh, it's definitely, it was kind of fun when that, when that popped up and what I appreciated was, you know, the photos of the process on, you know, on Instagram and folks at home, it's Prairie OKC. You can follow along with that. And then you can follow, uh, along with, uh, Colin and his work at Prairie underscore Colin on Instagram. But, and then obviously, uh, Prairie com is the, you know, the main website, but I really, it was just exciting to see because I don't know, I like that when you see the sketches and kind of the, the comps before it becomes reality. So for it to be this, you know, you know, building to have that and just kind of see it grow from, you know, here, you know, from in its infancy to now it's just such a, seems to be, you know, booming. Um, and it's, it's, it's just really nice to, to see that. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, so obviously, um, like I said before, you've, and if I'm correct, you've done some, you used to do a lot of, uh, you used to do some video work. Is that correct? Do you still, you still dabble in that? Uh, or is that, I mean, you seem to get your hands pretty busy now, but you know, doing some uh, producing I, or you, filming. You might, no? you might be confusing me with someone else. Oh, okay. All right. All right. We'll edit yeah, that. I haven't done any video work, but you might be thinking of Joe Kappa. No, I know Joe. Who... Yeah, we've, yeah, we've interviewed Joe from American Slayer. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, I think, I, yeah. I think that your name came up with something else. Yeah, maybe, you know what? Maybe that's why you weren't uh, replying to me. Maybe oh, was... no, wait. I got it. I got it. So there's a, there's like a movie director who shares my name. Ah, see. And I think he's had like some somewhat successful, like kind of indie projects. <laughs> there we go. All right. There we go. My research, yeah, my re- my research department is fired and that would just be me. So that would be, uh, that, would, <laughs> that might explain why I think for, I think for a while, you know, th- th- yeah. So folks just, sli- I think just the guy sli- might even yeah. look like me. Right. Yeah. He does. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm not losing it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't just like, some rando like i'm pretty sure he looks like you so that was maybe i mean us bearded people probably all look the same but um yeah i don't know 
There's so, also a band called Colin Healy and the Jet Skis. Are they any good? We'll definitely we'll definitely no. sync we'll definitely <laughs> sync up their music for the episode, but yeah. No, it's not any good. Oh, that's, that's even worse. No, I can't remember. I think maybe it was like kind of emo sounding. Oh, that's terrible. It's a terrible use of your name. Yeah. I'd send them a season yeah. assist. Right. Yeah. Now, your labels are very, they're kind of lucid. They're you know, a little, I wouldn't say trippy, but they're definitely like almost like a, a dream. Like, what? Is, how are you inspired by them? It just seems there's a lot of things. They're very busy, but they all work, like they're all, they all work together. Some are really bright with colors and then. Other times you kick it and go with uh, black and white. So it's it's really uh, there's no one one size fits all for your labels. What's the you know how how is your creative process coming out with those ideas? Yeah, I just I try to keep an open mind going into things and just try to how should I say this? Um, Sorry, I've got to reset my brain. That's all right. I thought you were somebody else, so I mean, you're pretty. I mean, you're pretty good to go. <laughs> I just try to treat each label like it's its own thing and let it become whatever it wants. And I think throughout my day-to-day life, I just try to keep my eyes open for little ideas, little hints of inspiration, and uh, just try to take it from there. You know, I just I like making the labels playful and interactive and uh, and just have fun with it early. Um, I'd say I take a lot of inspiration from the Chicago Imagists, who, if you're not familiar, they were uh, kind of a collective of artists living in Chicago during the kind of like the mid-60s that uh, they had like some pretty trippy styles and I wouldn't, they're not necessarily an art movement. They each kind of had their own distinct style, but um, Carl Worsom was one of them, and Gladys Nelson and Jim Nutt. And um, yeah, I just, I, I like their work and how they just kind of approach everything in such a, a refreshing way. Yeah, I think your work is very refreshing. It's, it's for lack, you know, for a good to great way to describe it because they're they're all different. They have some similarities, like they're all, I guess, cousins. But you 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 know, some artists have a very set style how they do stuff, and I think that you know, it seems like you're always like. I mean, that's a great way to describe it. You kind of let let it come to you, but it, it seems like you're just always open to what the universe gives you or challenging yourself to come up with new ideas. Because I mean. You could really run off a lot of these with similar themes and just go back to that well multiple times, and you really, you really, like I said, they're related, but they're all kind of stand on their own as, as separate, which is it's it's really uh, it's inspiring. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and it's been an evolution of my own art as Prairie's developed. It's you know I started off not knowing what I was doing, and I feel like every year I'm kind of dialing it in a bit more each time so it's uh it's been a fun ride and i think a lot of people can see the evolution of my art throughout the beers that we've released in the, in the past few years as it sort of becomes a bit more cohesive in some ways yeah but still retains some of the spontaneity yeah i i, I agree it's, it's fun i mean like i said i i've been a 
fan for for a while, and so I have uh, different years of the bottles, and it's just kind of nice to see where they, you know, they go, especially when you get your character, you know, look one of the Christmas bombs or barrel-aged Christmas with all the different, you know, Santas, the level of detail is there, and so it's just, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, they're fun, and it makes, it just gives a, it gives a sense of, you know, especially, if, you know, I don't get to Oklahoma often, um, so the idea, that just gives a sense of what you guys are doing, you know, it kind of uh, evokes emotion, which is, you know, one of the beautiful things about art, and so it just seems like you're putting out this great product, and your job is to, you know, represent that, and the, the fun, the family, all the hard work, but yet, you know, have a, also realize that, you know, that, you know, there's a, a fun or enjoyment to it also, so it's, uh, not that you're looking for it, but it's uh, you're 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 hitting on all all cylinders and really well, it's, it, it resonates here on the East Coast. Well, thanks. Yeah, no, thank you. Like, um, do you now you mentioned your art? Do you do you sell prints or do you ever you know make these uh you know available? You know, we always try to get get a piece for the studio. So. Uh, yeah, I used to have a website that I sold prints on. Uh, but I just didn't really keep up with it. I it's just you know, the answer. People, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sort of is. Um, but I always really love it when people contact me personally and say, "Hey, I really like this label. I'd like a copy of it." And I'm like, "Hell yeah! I'll just I'll just let me ship you one. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, maybe give me some money for shipping costs." But I usually just get so thrilled that people like my art enough to you know have it on their wall or something that I just will send them stuff for free. So, yeah, anytime people are welcome to just contact me and, you know, let me know if they want to print of anything. Uh, I've got a really nice printer that I can print, like, archival ink on, like, nice paper. And, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's it. That's it. There, that answers my my question for later, so that's good. I'm a, yeah, I definitely would love to have one here in the studio. So, like I said, it's been... Uh, it's been inspiring. Now, were you part of the the decision with the the catfish logo? What's the, you know what's the story with the catfish? <laughs> the story with the catfish. Um, just a long time ago, we just needed a design for uh, the bottle cap, and I think I, I had to come up with it like you know that day so that we could order them and get them in time. And so I just drew this little catfish. I think he, he's got like a little joint hanging out of his mouth. Although I think I turned it into a cigarette oh. eventually. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that you know, it, it's a funny animal. I, I think it represents Oklahoma pretty well. And just this being this bizarre creature, um, that hides in a hole. <laughs> And as kind of a curmudgeon, I think it represents our state pretty well, and as well as its uh, connotations to noodling. If you're familiar with that, you know the uh, the act of fishing by just sticking your hand in holes underwater and seeing if something bites you. <laughs> yeah, I always I always find that interesting and amazing, like how people come back with all, like don't lose fingers. But yeah, yeah. Well, I think sometimes they can just hold you down there and. Uh, you know, people drown occasionally. Oh, wow. oh, okay. So it's got a real pick, real pick me up, uh, Colin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. That's, uh, that design, you know, I've always kind of despised it, but 
it's it's kind of crept its way into my heart over over time and it's also really funny to see whenever people get it tattooed because uh you know they they love the brand and they love the art and just kind of what it represents and they want to you know have it on their body permanently and i think just like oh my god why did you choose that (laughs) yeah you choose that as a tattoo but but i think it's awesome too yeah then you have the kind of the 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 new i guess and last i think probably a couple years the prairie dogs so that must have is probably your another opportunity to come up with a, a logo which is a little more uh fitting with the the prairie dogs but yeah it's um yeah but i think it's funny i, I like the catfish I, I it never made sense to me why it tied into the brand but i always i always loved it especially it just you know what it is you know it's kind of it's just so weird but it's awesome yeah i think it's worked well as a bottle cap design too because you know that cap it doesn't i don't believe it says prairie on it anywhere but when people see that they, they usually know yeah, I, I do, yeah, it definitely doesn't. Uh, I it was uh, I just recently got a gift was um, one of those maps, like it's like a map and you put the caps in it. So I'm uh, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to to pop in, pop in a little 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 prairie uh, catfish, which is uh, I I'll always think of that as a joint, even though you probably had a especially well now that where things are going with the country, you can it'll be legal you know most places soon, so you can maybe go back to the that's joint. true. You can go back to the joint. We do yeah. have medicinal here in Oklahoma now. We, yeah, we have medicinal here in Connecticut, so it's, uh, from what I hear, quote-unquote, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's good. All right. Um, this last question we have for you is, um, especially as you're a musician, I'm curious, do you have certain type of music that you're listening to when you're creating your your art, you know, bands or, um, you know, orchestras? What, what What's on, what's on the, the Colin playlist? Well, uh, usually when I work, I've got one of three things going usually i'm watching like netflix uh which can be just about anything um as far as music goes i pretty much only listen to drum and bass which is uh, a really weird style of music um but i there's a, a internet radio station called bass drive and I, I pretty much exclusively listen to that there's a they just kind of have like 24 seven programming and a lot of the DJs on there live in the UK. So typically like if they're DJing like an 8 PM set, then it's like, you know, airing around 2 PM here. So yeah, I really like listening to drum and bass. And then uh, the other thing would be like, like listening to audiobooks. Okay. What uh, what drum and bass DJs? Well, I mean, this is probably the most uh, selfish question we have, so I usually just use this as an ex- to way to expand my playlist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a station or a, a show on Bass Drive I like a lot called Northern Groove, okay. and it's by a DJ named Dan Soulsmith. Okay. And then there's the Sub Factory Radio Show. And that's by a guy named DJ Spim. All right. Cool. So yeah. those are both like really chill shows. Those are what they typically call liquid drum and bass, which is like, and if, you, if you're not familiar with drum and bass, drum and bass is like, well, dubstep is like half speed drum and bass. Okay. So if you can imagine drum and bass or dubstep, but like twice as fast and not douchey, 
and that's German bass. <laughs> and then that... liquid German bass would like be that, but then have uh, influences of like soul and jazz music. Okay, yeah, I've definitely uh, I'm, I'm familiar with that, but I definitely uh, the, the explanation the the not douchey part was uh, was was definitely the the kicker there. I, I agree. It's nice to there listen to. There is some like kind of yeah. Well, there's also jungle, which is uh, which is definitely more like crazy bass lines and like kind of scary sounding. <laughs> but I don't really listen to that too often. Now, do you play along with it ever? Because you're with your bass, you ever get into it? Like, just kind of is that like just groove out on that? No. No. You should do it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that, I have friends who are guitar players, and they'll listen to like. You know, they'll listen to certain like live shows or whatever, and just like you know, they'll just jam along with it just to see how they could keep up with it, like the improv of it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, yeah, just most of the time, German bass is just more like electronic stuff, anyway. So it just doesn't really fit in with me. Well, stand up bass, yeah, stand up bass. That'd be kind of an interesting spin on it. Is uh, yeah, yeah, they come up with like classical instruments and put them through the, the tables. But anyway, we can do that all day. Now, as someone who's been doing this for, for a while now, uh, would you have any advice for somebody maybe kind of earlier on in their career who's thinking of trying to make you know, art and design a, you know, a career choice? It's definitely not the, the safest or the easiest to, to do. Would you have any, any you know, career advice, Colin, if I would sit on your couch? Uh, I'd say have a backup plan. <laughs> What was your backup um, plan? You went, you you took two completely very risky. You went classical and uh, art. So I mean, what what was your what was your backup plan? I have no backup plan. That's why I'm <laughs> suggesting it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know what I would do. I think I'd probably uh, teach English. Maybe I don't really know. Um, I'd say yeah, that and just perseverance. You know, because I think when I was starting off, I had a you know, an idea of what, what my art, what I wanted it to look like. And it wasn't looking like that. And so it's really frustrating, but I think if you just keep doing what you're doing, you know, just working on something every day, eventually you, you become more comfortable with your tools and then your style just emerges itself. You know, it just happens on its own. I think That's good, but you but... have to have perseverance to get there. Yeah, I think that would be, that's always been the idea for me as being the, one of the harder parts of art and design is the re, like the rejection and just the fact that you might love something and somebody else might be like, oh, that's not what I want, and go back to the drawing board. Like I said, your your situation is a little more unique, but it's still uh, I my I don't know I, I like to think my skin is thick, but I mean I think I would definitely uh, cry myself to sleep a couple nights. <laughs> Yeah, I get really discouraged whenever I see other really good artwork. Um, and I just think, you know, like, well, I can never do anything like as good as that. Um, but, you know, you only ever see the best art that people put out. You don't see all the, the crap and the sketches and all the rejected stuff that they make as well. Yeah, and you're, yeah, your art, not the, again, you don't need this for me, but your art is unique. It, people can it stands out it's it's evolving it's you know it's you're challenging yourself like i said the different palettes and 
stories you're telling. So whatever, I, I can't wait to see that day when you come up with, you know, look back on your art and are super excited about it. Cause I think you're, I think you're killing it. And like I said, it was, uh, when I put together my, my wish list of folks to, to have on the, the podcast, when we started this in endeavor almost two years ago, you were at the top of the list. So I, I thank you for, for what you're doing. It's really, yeah, I think it's wonderful. Well, thank you. We, we do it for you guys. We, we love, you know, people interacting with our brand and having good experience and sharing it with friends. You know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And we say it, we're beer agnostic. So, I mean, we really, I mean, obviously selfishly, we want to interview the breweries that we love, but that's the best part. I mean, obviously I love the, the beers, especially the, some of those stouts, they're incredible, but it's really that I just, your works, you know, it's kind of nice. You know, both, both brothers are, are killing their respective, you know, pieces of the puzzle, you know, to another level. So it's just, uh, yeah, I can't wait to try those cakes from your sister. So, uh, it's, it's exciting. <laughs> well, we thank you. Hopefully this wasn't too painful. Uh, like I said, I appreciate all you do. Uh, the brand, everything, it's just, uh, it's really, you know, it means a lot to have you part of the project and, um, yeah, there's anything I can ever, you know, do to help support and hopefully I can get to get to Oklahoma soon and, uh, have a beer together in 3d. Yeah. Yeah. We're having a, a beer festival here. Uh, I think the end of April. So if you have, Ooh. if you have any desire to come out out. Oh man. Yeah. I'd be sleeping on the, I'd be passed out somewhere. It'd be wonderful. I look forward to it. Um, yeah, I definitely, like I said, anytime, uh, you guys are doing something new, I'm trying to get my hands on it. So, uh, I look forward to those new labels you're working on those cans and, uh, I'll definitely reach out at some point about getting a print for the studio. But, uh, again, just thank you so much, Colin. Cool. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, keep in touch and is there anything, is there anything we can do to help support, you know, you've, uh, I'm an advocate over here. So thanks, man. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. There you have it, folks. Part two, the essential Colin Healy interview, Prairie Artists and Ales, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. Easy going, real nice to talk to. Like I said before, as we started the episode, puts out me fucking up that he's not a videographer. But if you do Google Colin Healy, and a lot of the times when I'm trying to figure this stuff out, a lot of the times it's me trying to just figure out how to find these people where they are. And I always feel, I've started doing it more, but I feel creepy slotting into people's DMs. Like, hey, I don't know, maybe just like a age thing or whatever, but I just, I don't know. I've definitely, I've started doing it more, and it's been way more effective to connect with people, to get them to come on here or bother them. But, yeah, for a while, I was probably sending an email to somebody who wasn't, you know, Prairie Colin and you know, thinking, man, this guy's not replying to me. So thank you, Colin. Thank you, Prairie. Episode 100. There's more folks. So we're going to get right into it. Part two. Remember, Prairie underscore Colin, 16ozcanvas.com, 16ozcanvas on all the socials Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Beer culture with a K. This ain't the beer that you're used to. Beginner's Guide to Good Beer coming out March 6th. 
If you're down there for Tampa Beer Week in Florida, make sure you check out the event with Beer Culture in New Belgium. You know, we talk about that coming up now. We talk about some other stuff. So get your thinking caps on. Open yourself up to a different perspective. This is why we do this. You know, this is our platform. This is my this is my podcast, and I'm you know I'm proud to have you know different discussions going on there. Might make you uncomfortable, and maybe you know maybe it won't. But hopefully you're uh, you're open minded, and if you're not, you know that's a shame. But let's not uh, let's let the word speak for itself. So without further ado, here's part two with my friend Dooch, Dom Cook, Beer Culture. Right here on the 16 ounce canvas, we're the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think doing this, you know, it does, it's not, but when I first started doing it, I would just talk and talk and talk. Like you would say something, and I would like, oh, he mentioned, he mentioned this beer, and I just want to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Oh, I got to get my point in. But like, you got to sit back sometimes and not say anything. You got to sit back and listen to people. You got to let them. You gotta take a second to understand what they're saying. You know, you don't have like the social media and all that stuff right now. It's way too easy. As soon as you have an opinion, you, boom. You got a lot of people that got the the social media is good and bad. It's a lot of people that are uh, on social media that should not have a platform to have a voice. You got a lot of yeah. people who don't think. You got a lot of people who just spew nonsense you got a lot of people who spew hatred a lot of people who like you know what i'm saying who just spew negativity and a lot of times some of these people wouldn't even have the courage to do that in real life you wouldn't say that shit to my face yeah you wouldn't wouldn't say that shit to my face yeah you wouldn't say it to my face that's a fact that's a fact you know what i'm saying and so you know social media is like a gift and a curse you know what i'm saying and so i mean when you think about that whole joint with founders, uh, uh, come on, it, it's a human, you know what I'm saying? That that that's in the in the middle of this, and if we're being frank, if we're if we're being real, um, we we know corporations and big companies and companies in general, in America especially, don't give a fuck about their employees. Like we know overall, like that that's how capitalism works. You know what I'm saying? Like like a company will will fire you on the spot for the slightest mistake, you know what I'm saying? They're not thinking about your kids at home. They're not thinking about, you know what I'm saying? Anything you got going on, but it's on the flip side is wrong and it's unprofessional for, you know, if you're Let's say you're given a better opportunities, wrong or unprofessional for you to quit on the spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and so it's never the same type of energy, even with that. You know what I'm saying? Like people want to fight to keep your wages low or fight to not provide, you know what I'm saying? Different type of assurances that's needed, but they want to work you like a dog. Like, and so we know how capitalism works. We already know that. Like, and so, um, you got a, a a person here, a human being, you know what I'm saying, that's, that's facing all of this stuff, and then, you know, with minimal money, and then once you fire him, wh- what kind of income does he have? But, you know, you still got all of this money coming in, so y'all go to court, you got all this paper to flex all this muscle. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? And realistically, like a person with minimal means can't compete with that. But I, I'm very, very, very wary of, 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 you know, companies like that, especially when they have you sign these uh, non-disclosures and non-competes and, you know, all this other stuff. And, and, you know, just from experience for being a black dude, like, you know what I'm saying? I can, I can read his story and be like, yo, because I've lived that before. You know what I'm saying? I've experienced that before. I know tons and tons of people who've experienced that before. You know, like, come on, like, I've been in both shoes. Like, I, I told a story years ago about, you know what I'm saying, uh, when I was a new father and a new husband, and I had left the streets, and, you know, I, I wanted to be there, like, for my fam, I like that. That's that's the route that I wanted to go on. You know what I'm saying? And I took a job, and the dude that was training me, who was the supervisor, was an old racist white guy. And we work in an overnight shift, and you know he's sitting there and he's talking the whole time. I'm just sitting there quietly. But then he starts talking about his days as a CO and how he used to smash him and his. Him, him and his uh, co-workers used to smash niggers' heads into the wall for nothing, just for fun. And he's laughing and he, he, ha, ha, you know what I'm saying? And at that point in time, you feel me? And that's why I say you don't know people's bodies or, or what's going on. Because at that point in time, I was like, I, I, like, I was serious on the inside. Like, I was, I, like, I wanted to really, like, just flip out. But I'm thinking, like, dude, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, just, I just beat multiple charges a year ago. You know what I'm saying? I just had uh, uh, a, a baby. I got a, 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 you know what I'm saying? A, yeah, you look like three, like, yeah, you look like you know three steps saying? ahead, and you knew what were, where, yeah, where that would. So where I'm you'd like, I'm yeah. like, you know, I gotta, I gotta think about them. But the thing is, the thing is with that was like after that night, and I ended up leaving that job. But after that night, like, dude, I couldn't sleep with myself. Like, I felt like a coward. Like, come on. Like, you know what I'm saying? I shouldn't have just, like, you feel me? But I'm thinking about, well, I got to I gotta think about my fam. And so, you know, and it's been times after that where stuff like that happened when I'm like, nah, fuck this shit. And I flip out and I'm like, I tell them about themselves and I say, you can keep the job. You know what I'm saying? And so I've been on both sides of that. You feel me? And so... I could talk about it from both sides. I could show sympathy and I could empathize and I could say, you know what? Fuck the fuck off. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so people can't, people can't do that. And so I can read his story. I can hear his story and I can be like, you know what? Like I feel this shit because I've been there and I know multiple people who have been there. You know what I'm saying? So uh, when people say, "Oh, that didn't happen," or "or this isn't this," or "this isn't that," like, nah, man, get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear that. Like, you know. And so it is what it is, man. But the bigger thing about founders, and I want to get off of that. Uh, the biggest thing about them is that, you know, people have to. It's the people that have to stand up. All the people that know what's, you know what I'm saying, what's what, all of the people that read Tony's blog, all of the people that, you know, heard her out, like, they got to stand up. They got to apply that pressure. They got to they gotta say that they not going for the shit, and not just on social media. 
they got to do that in real life. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got to make sure, like, not just with founders, but with other companies, but, but with the company you work for. Like, you know what I'm saying? People, the people got to stand up. And that's going to show whether or not, you know, they really about that shit they talking about or if they just yapping off on social media. But fuck founders. I don't know if you want to edit that or not, but fuck founders. Nah, it's all good, man. This is I'm not yeah, I'm not I have no agenda here. And I'm yeah, it's no, but like we've you and I have probably been talking about it since October and but even like reading t- with Tony's words, you know, it makes me think, you know, and we can change the subject in a second, but you know, what could I have done more? You know, I've I collect beer, I trade beer, you know, I haven't had a founder's beer in six months, but like I'm just one dude, you know, is is that enough? You know, what am I doing? You know, but now, you know, I'm trying to tell people who I know you know, need to know. And so, you know, every, every bit helps, but I think that, I mean, if you look at, and the big thing, and one of the key points with Tony was, you know, if you look at, you know, all the outrage over Trillium or the, I don't even know, the Yankee can't, whatever the Yankee knew, I don't know that guy, but with the, you know, the sexist comments, people were, were extremely fired up. And if you look at the amount of, you know, messages or posts about that, you know, present company included, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't on the same scale. So it makes you. It just. It just. You have to be open to think. That's like you have to be open to think. Like what can I do more? You know. You can't say why. Well, you know. And you have to really, really look at yourself. And you know. You might not always like what you see, but like that's that's why I think. Our, you know. That's I, growth. Yeah, that's why I look at you that's as a friend, growth. right? Like you know, we're not. I'm not calling. We're not talking, calling, texting like flowers and love all the time. You know, it's real shit, and we talk about it, and we, you know, we challenge each other, and we look at different perspectives, and that's that's important. And so if yeah. that's what you got to take away from it. It's not, don't feel defensive, don't feel whatever, but like just be open. Maybe, you know, to yourself as a person, you can evolve. You know, you can look at things differently. And that's important. You have to look at that and say, what could I have done better? Or who can I, you know, how can I be a better person? Or how that is. But, and, 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 and here's the thing the reason why you, the, the, the reason why you look at yourself like that, and the reason why uh, you question that, like, what could I have done better? It's not so that you could just walk around uh, riddled with guilt for what you didn't do better, but it's, it's so that you know how to take better action in the future or take better action right now. Like, you, you feel me? Yeah, like, I'm not so looking. Yeah, I'm not looking. I'm not looking for an uh, anti-founders T-shirt or a pat on the back or any shit like that. I'm just. I'm trying to. Yeah, because everything builds off each other, and that's why a lot. That's why people get held back because no one stands up and you know stands by them you know and that's that's a fact, that's a fact. yeah that's a, that's a fact hey the people gonna stop listening man they're gonna say we're not talking about beer but we're talking about real shit though <laughs> that's all right that's all right that's all right so yeah so tell us about your uh let's uh tell us about your event with uh you know new belgium you know march 6th down there in uh st petersburg uh at the uh crayola uh, uh, chief uh crayola cafe 901 22nd street south you know uh it's gonna be it's gonna be hot yeah 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 it's gonna be dope you know at least i hope so at least i hope it's gonna be dope but either way man it's uh you know that that part of uh see so when you look at st pete st pete has always been uh racially divided there's a north side and there's a south side you know what I'm saying? And uh, it's always been racially divided. I threw up a documentary on a beer culture YouTube that gives you some history of St. Pete. Uh, shout out to Green Bitch and Chris um, and my boy Dave over there. 
you know, uh, uh, green benches named named after, you know, uh, green benches that lined downtown St. Petersburg 50, 60 years ago. Uh, black people weren't allowed to sit on. You know, yeah, I started so, watching. Yeah, uh, I started watching that documentary today. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Chris, Chris, you know, that that's a way of Chris, you know what I'm saying? Like, like letting history uh, uh, be known and, and, and I respect it. So the city of St. Pete has always been, uh, you know, segregated north side, you know, for for the uh, white people, south side for for the black people. And it's been, you know, tons of tensions. If you look back into the late 90s, you know, they had riots. You know what I'm saying? Police riots when a, 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 a young kid, teenager, black teenager was killed by police. And so, you know, it's always been this, that, and the third. But when you ever look at, you know, uh, beer events, um, things like that, you know, or a lot of breweries and stuff like that, like most of them are on the north side. Most events are happening, you know what I'm saying? And so for us, you know, um, where Chiefs Creole is, uh, is it, it, on a strip, 22nd Street uh, South, like you said, it's called the Deuces. Um, and the Deuces was where um, back in the day when, when, when that segregation was really real uh, and, and you couldn't sit on the benches or anything like that. Like the Deuces was a strip that was lined with like 160 plus black owned businesses. Everything, grocery stores, gas stations, doctors, everything. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, the the Manhattan Casino where, you know, people like, you know, all of the, the famous jazz musicians play that and things like that. And so, you know, I, I mean, I, I I I thought it was dope we uh to do it to think about doing an event in that area, uh, at a black owned business, you know, uh with someone who personally lived the history because the owners of that place were uh born in born and raised in St. Pete. And so, you know, I thought it would be dope to do an event there um and, and, and bring people to the south side. You know, I want to put eyes on the south side. I want people to know that when they come down for shit like Tampa Bay Beer Week and whatnot, that you know, these are, are different spots that you can frequent. You know, it's all about what we think about with breweries like you know when they say uh this is a community or we invest in our community it's not it's never on our side of the tracks it's never on my side of the tracks you know what i'm saying so if we're going to do an event you know not only do we want to uh reach out to people who don't know about beer but we wanted to 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 uh affect our side of the tracks you know the same for show bro you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, so, yeah, that's like, what I think it is. Like, I mean, and it's fun. I mean, it's not funny. It's fucked. But people think that this is a, like, they, that Dom is like a character. Like, that he's that. But, I mean, he's one of the realest people I've ever met in my life. And so he's living it. He doesn't really give anybody a fuck. Who, any, yeah. any, anybody who, anybody who thinks that, you know, you, you, you know they don't know me. Um, yeah. One, and, and two, and two, you, you know they never been around, uh, someone like me or someone where I'm from. So that just shows more about the bubble that they in. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's but so, it's like, you yeah, know, but, we talk about that. It's just like, what? Like, it, like really, you think that, that, like, that's, yeah, all the, all the pushback and all the shit and all the, you know, the, I don't know, 
angst and negativity that comes your way you think that's like the easy the easy route you're going to pretend to be somebody like you you couldn't you, you couldn't fake it if you tried you know so yeah, the, 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 the easy route would definitely right. be to be uh, standing in line and chasing all these hazies and, and doing all this other shit that uh, people think is cool and just talking about what breweries that I'm going to or, you know what I'm saying, just talking about the good stuff and avoiding the hard conversations. I would be mad fucking popular. <laughs> that, that, yeah, right. that would make me that guy. Like, for real, for real, man, fuck all that shit. Yeah, I do. Yeah, the day I the day I show up, I see you in a line for three hours waiting for you know, two four like two three four packs. That would be hilarious. I mean, that would be hilarious. That'd be almost like like a sketch comedy. Like you know, like what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, fuck that, man. But yeah. you know, to tell you to like just to be uh and, and to be out there, like you know what I'm saying. I've never stood in the line for myself. You know what I'm saying? To my dismay and to my disappointment, you know, uh, years ago, I had for a close friend. And I told that person when I did it, never fucking again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Never again. Like, fuck out of here. Like, it, it, that that ain't, it, that ain't, it, it ain't hitting on it. And that's one thing about me. I can try to look out for people, you know, um, and, and so you just got to be careful with that. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I mean, I, I can't, I, I've done that before, so I fucking, you know what I'm saying? No, it ain't hitting on nothing. Yeah, I mean, me? yeah, I mean, I also, however you want to spend your time is your thing, but just, the, however, but just because you waited four hours for the beer doesn't make it any make better. Like that's, you know, that's where I'm at with it. Like it's that's your if that's your if you're doing friends and it's like a social thing and you're having fun and you're, you know, whatever. But it's just. uh like we talk about all the time, like the family and, you know, being, being present, it just doesn't make, it does, that's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not hanging out at the bar, shutting it down every night. You know, if I, I, my, I it's my not, not for me. Way more exactly. Yeah. So, so folks, I hope, I hope that you just got a little taste of my friend, you know, you know, Dom and what they're doing over beer culture. You know, he's one of many who's, uh, you know, pushing forward. They're doing great things, you know, He's one of the most knowledgeable folks I know about beer. He's got no. I don't know about that. Well, I, I, you could argue I don't know a lot of people then, right? I mean, you don't know how many people I know, right? We never met. I could, I could be some weirdo living in my parents' basement. You know, you're, you're giving me a little too much credit. You know, but uh, yeah, and I think he's just, you know, he's a good man. He's doing, you know, he's doing, you know, uh, doing hard work. And I just wanted to, uh, you know, this special moment for us is uh, is to. Share that with a good friend, and uh, I just think that again, beer culture with a K, you know, uh, and yep. uh, this is just uh, the first of many. I don't know. I think we could get our own podcast together. I think I think we could work that out, you know, or at least yeah. uh, maybe quarterly. I mean, locking you down for any period of time, you know, I think is uh, is tough. You're always moving and grooving, but uh, yeah, I got nothing but I got nothing but love and respect for you, my friend, and uh, I look forward to celebrating you in the future. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I don't know how to hang out with you because I talk to you all the time. So it's like, okay, guess the segment's done, right? <laughs> like I talk to you, you know. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's just nice to, uh, you know, share share the vision. And uh, like I said, you know, when Tony was here in Connecticut, we got to grab some food and talk. And it's just, uh, I look forward to, uh, you know, spending some time in the future. You know, we'll have to wait till it's a little warmer to get, get your ass up here in North because uh, you're rocking the shorts and the flops right now while I'm freezing my ass off. Always. Always, yeah. yeah, always. You, you never, you always remind me of that. So yeah. 
So again, <laughs> yeah. So again, everybody, this is uh, you know, go get the new book. I, I ordered it, so once I'm done reading it, if you, you know, if you don't have uh, you know, got the scratch, you wanna you wanna borrow it, just drop a line. You know, all I ask is if I send it to you, that you'll send it to somebody else. So whatever the stamps and the postage are, we'll pass it down the line. But uh, this ain't the beer you know that you're used to. You know, guide to good beer. And uh, beercultureofthek.com. Yeah. Check it out. March 6th. March 6th. Beerculture.com. In like a line, man. In like a line. I appreciate you too, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, peace. There it is, folks. Part two of part two. Dom, beer culture, 16-ounce canvas. Try to edit it. I talk a little bit over them. I just get excited sometimes. So, I don't know. I don't know. I have nothing for you. You just gotta, you know, listen to that, take it in. We'll post up uh, this one whole interview. I just think it's a lot of stuff to think about. We don't all have all the answers, but I think that you gotta be willing to to listen, put yourself in somebody else's shoes, welcome civil discourse, and just be open minded. You know, try it out. Let me know how it goes. But I think it's I think it's important. We're, you know, we don't always agree. We don't always have the same perspective. We don't always have the same experiences. You know, myself personally, there's a lot of things, you know, that that Dom and the crew's talking about that I haven't experienced firsthand, and that's okay. But it doesn't mean, you know, you don't listen, you don't empathize, you don't support and stand by. So we got a lot to do, a lot of things happening, but this is our... You know, this is our outlet, and we thank you for listening. We thank you for being a part of it. We'd love to hear from you. AJ one six OZ Canvas. You can find us wherever it is that you're, you know, socializing. One six OZ Canvas Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you got a second, leave a review, leave a rating, and uh, you know, or just tag somebody that you think's a badass artist. We'd love to to get them on the show in the future. So, until next week, we can't believe it. A hundred episodes in the book. Straight Benjamin, Mr. Franklin himself, Spirit of 76. Until next week, cheers.